ultimately, that was a, a, a way of escape. We'd go in, preacher would preach, everybody would be feeling good, and it would kind of keep you going another But it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything externally. Um, it didn't make that kind of an impact to where the economies in these areas were better, or the education system was better, or crime rates went down. None of that happened because we were leaving it to God. <laughs> that's why I'm in a space of we can talk about all these problems and everything that's going on, but what are we going to do about it? And it's up to us. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. And welcome to the hello. <laughs> welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Uh, this is Sam, <laughs> um, and I'm laughing because I was thinking of my dad just now. Uh, and whenever he leaves me a message, it's always it goes hello. <laughs> and um, I have a bunch of his voicemails, and I just play. Sometimes I just play the hello a bunch. Hello. <laughs> I did not get permission to do that. Um, so today I'm talking to Karina Davis, or well, I guess, to be honest, I'm not talking to her today. Um, <laughs> you're listening to me talk to her today. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to bring you this episode with Karina. Uh, it's always so fun and weird and cool. We record these in advance, typically. Um, typically, the interviews you hear are recorded months ago. Um, some of them come out have a quicker turnaround time if the person has like a, you know, a need for that. Um, but we were talking about this before we pressed record that oftentimes it comes out perfectly. Uh, like in one episode uh, in season one, we talked a little bit about abortion. Um, not a lot, but a little bit and about women's rights. And it came out at, at the time when Texas uh, made their absurd abortion law. Uh, which it's not about what this episode is, but uh, it's just interesting to see like when things end up coming out and how the timing is always divine. Um, so hopefully this episode comes at a divine timing to you. I don't know how I got on that tangent. Um, so Karina is the owner and coordinator of two Instagram accounts, Deconstructing Black and Deconstructing Color. Um, and I connected with her in like May, perhaps of 2021. So this is coming out over a year and we were connected for like eight months before we chatted. Uh, and I thought that was so interesting. Um, and that was our first time meeting, but I loved her energy. I felt so calmed and soothed right away. And I think this episode is really, 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 really great. And I'm really excited. Um, Karina grew up in the Christian belief and wants everyone to have the freedom and live truthfully in their spiritual journey. She started as an IG content creator for Black women who are finding their strength in new territory after religion, 
and is now expanding as an organization to promote unity among everyone who wants a peaceful and loving world. So exciting. Um, in this episode, we talked about the importance of decentering our ego when helping others, the Bible as a great mirror for ourselves, the origins of what is now Black Church, and the value of sitting with others. She also shares about her gift of cultural education and teaching active listening, which she's doing on her platforms. And she also reminds us that we are more alike than we are different. Uh, we also chat about a whole lot more um, but I don't want to spoil any of it for you. Uh, one thing that really, really stuck out to me though, and I'll try and uh, talk about it without giving too much away, is what she shared about the origins of what is now Black Church and how people who enforced Christianity, so colonizers, um, they like there are origins of other practices and other. Um, expressions and other rituals from uh, other cultures. And we talk about what those look like and just some of what those look like too, not all of them. And I know that's something that I've been uh, really interested in about Christianity, which is pretty much every, not interested in, but like it's interesting unpacking, I guess, um, to see what things didn't come from Christianity, but what Christianity had to take over in order to get people to practice what they're forcing people to practice. Um, it's really interesting and really heartbreaking too. I know that something I was recently reading about is my own ancestry, which, which is mostly Celtic, a little bit of Nordic and Germanic as well, um, but all pagan. And one of the, the sacred places for the Celtic people were wells. Um, and so churches came and put churches on top of wells so that if people wanted to visit their sacred places, they had to go to a church. Um, and if they wanted to celebrate their sacred holidays, they'd have to, or it was, it was aligned with when everyone else was celebrating at church. Um, it's just so painful to think about um, how many cultures and how many practices and how many people were stripped of what they were practicing of so many indigenous people, not in, just in the US, but all over the world, what that looked like for them to be completely stripped from their identities and their practices and what was important to them. But anyways, I am really, really excited to bring you this interview with Karina. I definitely urge you to check out her work with Deconstructing Black and Deconstructing Colors. Uh, and this is also recorded in February. So keep in mind that some of the things that she mentions may have already bloomed into even bigger projects. So I urge you to go check out her work and see what she's up to. I think this is a really great episode and I really hope you enjoy. Welcome Karina, how are you? Hello. <laughs> Hanging in there, doing good, doing good. <laughs> One day at a time, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pull our affirmation card. Um, it's from mm -hmm. The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. So Ooh, I like that. This card could be for you. It could be for me. It could be for the episode or it could be for someone listening or 
just for fun. <laughs> um, this is interesting, given our, our talk. Um, instead of praying for an outcome, I pray for the highest good of all. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah, that resonate with you at all? Yeah. For, yeah. It, it, like you said, is what we was, you know, chatting about a moment ago on um, how if if everyone is is, is open and, and ready to, uh, you know, receive the good that could come their way and you know, in the future, um, then that's what they'll receive. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's I know. And I like that too, because it, it really says let go of control to me. Like stop yes. thinking about what you think you want and just pray for something or, or intend something that's good for everyone, which I like. Mm -hmm. You know what? That resonates even more because I'm thinking now about how the, the good things that I'm thinking of happening for personally involve other people, involve something that benefits more than just me, you know, okay. and um, even though I'm doing things right now that benefit me to prepare for that part, it's, um, you know, it's just a part of the process, you know, that, that I'm going to create certain things that'll be, um, beneficial to so many others hopefully i'm hoping so um in fact today on uh on my instagram i announced the um changes that are coming to deconstructing black and how it's going to be focused on giving um those who are on my page um uh, ways to you know apply things that will help them in their journey so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not in the space of asking for anything mm. for myself at this point I'm more so in the space of uh asking what <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing next and uh can I do something that's you know beneficial to as many people as possible that's mm -hmm. And I, and I say, can I, a lot of people say, oh, I have this purpose and I'm going to go out and do this because I know my talent and my gifts. But mm. I think of it this way, you know, we all have something, you know, and um, mm. even though we're anxious and, and enthusiastic about you know, giving it, putting it out there, it's important to note that it's, um, no, there's, there's an honor to it. There's a, there's yeah. a uh, a gratitude that should come with it that makes you say, well, well, can I, you know, am I allowed to, you know, am I allowed to pour all of this out on everybody, mm. um, you know, and, and not just a, a bold imposition, but more so uh, a, just a state of gratitude that you have something to give. And yeah. I think that creates a, a balance you know, a balance of giving and knowing, you know, what you have to give and being confident in that, in, in that, in a sense, but, um, you know, not, not falling into that pervasive thing that, that's in society where, you know, you have to do more, you have to do more, you, you know, it's bigger than you, <laughs> you know, you have to do something bigger than you. And, mm -hmm. um, that pressure, that push to, um, exude all of that, 
I don't know. It don't it don't feel balanced to me. Yeah. You know, it feels um it feels very much like a a fortunate privilege to benefit the collective in some way because everybody doesn't get to find out what they have to offer the world there are people who come here and they leave never knowing what they could have contributed you know just how much they could have impacted the people around them or you know um, people from afar however however it's done yeah and I think that I'm in a space of um, I'll be so so glad and so grateful to be able to do anything at all Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know it doesn't have to be big it really doesn't. It just has to be concise. Because um, I, I'm a firm believer in if you knock down the right domino, <laughs> mm, yeah, you'll get it, you'll still get a beautiful display and all it takes is one, you know, mm. and I want to impact the right ones. That's all. Wow. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> knowing that. Thinking about that, you know, thinking about how, you know, that affirmation says it can um you know, you can you can experience the good. Yeah. Everybody can. Everybody can and it just, you know, it's just about perspective and and, and, and gratitude. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I love how that kind of decenters ourselves and our ego of like, mm. I'm going to bring all this change. Look at me go. And it's kind of like, I might be a catalyst for some change for other people or for some good for other people, but it's out of my hands what that mm-hmm. exactly is going to look like. I like that. A lot. Right, right. There we go. That's, that's it right there. Just knowing that, you know, no matter what you do, if you do something, it's done something. And yeah. um, it, it, it holds, you know, the same impact if it's, you know, genuine, it's real. And I know that um, I have a few pages on IG um, and the two main pages that I, I've been working on, Deconstructing Black and Deconstructing Colors, I had wondered at some point if I'm doing way too much, if I'm doing too much, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, I found it very easy to get wrapped up in, um, you know, pushing out content, getting things out there and telling people things and seeing everybody else do it. There's a lot of the time where I step back and I'm watching everybody else. (laughs) You know, I'm watching everybody else's pages on Instagram and, and TikTok and I'm seeing them all put out all of this information. And that time that I take to step back you know grounds me it brings me back to reality it it makes me realize okay this is no matter how we spin it it's a show you know it is entertainment we're entertaining ourselves with these things 
albeit good information is going out there. Lots of people are getting educated on things. Wonderful. But um, sometimes it's a lot. And sometimes it's too much. And, you know, that little, that little monster, you know, eats a little, it gets real big, real fast. That monster about being seen, being heard. And uh, I always make sure that whenever I feel that the, the monster is, you know, his chops are getting, getting wet yeah. and he's kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. I step back. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not what we're here for. You know, we're not, we're not here for all of that. So I don't jump on every trend and bandwagon and, you know, everything that everybody's talking about. I know recently everybody's been talking about John Cooper and uh, his, <laughs> uh, you know, his, his interesting um, perspective on deconstructing and, and what that means to him. Um, I, I didn't get in that conversation because um, I feel like I feel like it's not my conversation. Yeah, I don't converse with regarding people who aren't ready for the conversations that are actually going to bring solutions. And that I guess that's why I'm not in a space of asking for things or mm -hmm. um, wanting because I'm like, okay, we've all talked about these things. We've all said what was wrong in the world um you know whether it is you know uh, stopping you know discrimination or uh you know dealing with decolonization and uh religious trauma um we know the issues i am in a state of mind okay what are we going to do about it um that's always been my question that'll always be my question until we start implementing the solutions that we want to see happen. I don't see it happening with government. Mm -hmm. I see it happening with people, with individuals cultivating themselves. But I also see that, um, you know, all of this display of sharing and content creation, um, spreading information and education on these different things these people who are doing this content are also healing as well at the same time and um, for somebody to come into deconstruction and start dissecting their faith whatever that faith may be i can come from a christian background so i began to deconstruct my faith at that time with looking into the history of the Bible, where it actually came from, <clears throat> and uh, what all the origins are of anything that was spoken of. I was looking for um, just one speckle of irrefutable evidence mm. and realized that even if one or to have evidence, there's really no way of anyone, uh, you know, being able to solidify it because so much time has passed. We can even look at how they're re-spinning slavery 
already. They're trying to change the story from what we knew it as growing up as something brutal where they're actually taking text and softening the words and no longer using the word slavery, instead servants, uh, you know, workers, things like that. They're, they're using different language now and it's yeah. changing the entire meaning. And I feel that's the same way with the faith that I grew up in is that so much has changed since then. There's, it, it would be really, really hard for you to find the proof. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, covered up by uh, things that get lost in interpretation and translation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I can either at this point, simply decide to believe it, to think of it as a reality, you know, the things that were written in the Bible, or um, I can choose to, uh, you know, pursue life the way I'm doing now. <laughs> mm. And um, I, I like this way better. Um, and I look at the Bible now as um, an allegorical book, a book of uh, representations of humanity. Mm. You know, I, I look at it as a inner journey of a specific person and they are going through these uh, different stages of life and they're all representative of something um, that's happening on the inside of them. Wow. And um, they could come into a state of, you know, Christhood, whereas there's, uh, well, yeah, there's the selflessness and the rec recognition that the collective is um, the main objective. But in the beginning, you're kind of foolish you kind of, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Not, not exactly foolish, but more so uh, hmm. like naive, maybe sporadic, sporadic. Mm -hmm. You can be, you know, or, or, ah, not sporadic, erratic. Because when mm -hmm. you think of the new, the Old Testament God, he was quite that way. Yeah. Um, where this being decides to create a beautiful place, but creates um, rules and um, uh, you know, restrictions that kind of don't make sense. But we do that to ourselves quite a bit. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, we'll look at ourselves and be a very harsh judge towards ourselves. And then when we fail at what we hold ourselves to, um, we have a tendency to self-sabotage. When we're unbalanced, we can be just like that God who if something goes wrong, if that one thing goes wrong, Okay, everybody can get it. That's it. 
<laughs> you know. Sending a flood. <laughs> exactly. That's us. That's us. That's our journey. You know, the learning. I look at a baby. Babies, they, they throw tantrums. They get mad. You know, if they don't get this thing right the first time, my, my daughter grew up like that. She would want to do everything her way, a certain way. And if it didn't come together just right, ah, you know, the yeah. development though, after a while, it's, oh, that doesn't bother me that much. Oh, that, I'm not too concerned about that. Eventually you grow and you get to the space of, uh, you know, just, knowing better, knowing just a little bit more. And notice mm -hmm. that God evolves. He evolves. He evolves and says, you know what? I'm going to sit, sit down and sacrifice myself and recognize that what matters is not just what I want. What matters is that everyone that is a part of this world that I've created because we all create our own little worlds. Yeah. Everybody that's a part of that is important. And I'm going to tear away the old parts of me. I'm going to put it on a cross and let it die. And I'm going to come back, letting go of all the old baggage, letting go of everything that was it serving me or the people around me hmm. and be able to be in a space of teaching them how to do the same thing giving them the equipment the tools and the encouragement that they need to create what really should be happening hmm. and that is love forgiveness you know togetherness you know and and um, you know, giving the process of life and, and evolving the spirit a chance. Yeah. And so that's how I see the Bible at this point, because um, it just, it looks like a mirror to me. Mm -hmm. I don't see it as this God that's talking through the Bible, etc. I see it as I'm talking to myself <laughs> yeah. and um, this is me at times if I don't um, create balance and then when I do create balance I'm feeding 2,000 with one loaf of bread that one domino that mm. one person that I can reach yeah that's why I see it that way because that's really all it takes the love and the compassion is the catalyst for anything that um, is to become, for, is to come from that, from, you know, evoking something in that person that I may have been able to encourage or influence. Mm -hmm. And now from whatever it is that I did, um, they're able to, take that same compassionate energy that I just put out and spread it. But that takes time. There's things that, you know, kind of get in the way of it. Mm -hmm. 
like, you know, the fight between Republican and Democrat and, you know, all mm-hmm. the labels we throw at each other. <laughs> we throw so many, we forget to call each other, you know, human. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's good to be in that space. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I should go into, you know, the, uh, I know you wanted me to talk about the connection uh, between uh, the Black church and the origins of the Black church and how it evolved into what it is now. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that's a lot because there's so many, um, when you think of uh, Western Christianity, because that's that's what I'm most familiar with. I'm becoming more familiar with um, Orthodox um, Judaism and Ethiopia. I'm becoming more um, aware of um, different uh, sections of the African continent that have had, um, you know, uh, Judeo-Christian. Um, groups when the chattel slavery uh occurred and of course anything that um the slaves came with was immediately you know demonized and uh, wiped out there were replacements that happened. Uh, one particular group I'm really familiar with is um, the Yoruban um, people. And um, from that group came a mixture of Catholicism and um, the connection to Yoruban deities. And those are called Orishas, or um, some would call the practice Ifa or um, Sedaria. And um, of course, it evolved and changed, and there's Vodun, and there's, um, you know, different versions of that mixture. So from that, if you think of a initiation ritual in that belief, what happens is there's a dance, there's music, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's uh, smoke burning from cigars or incense. And then the one who's being initiated takes on a dance. The dance is representative of the deity that is their guard or their guide, their main guide. Mm -hmm. And they begin the movements. there's a similar thing that happens in the modern westernized black church and it's called shouting. So if you receive the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and you get excited about something you heard or felt while you know amongst other believers, you begin to dance. 
the movements of this dance is very similar to what happens in uh, Yoruban ritual. So there are pieces of us that always come out. There are ancestral things that reside in us and come out of us even when we don't realize it. When I was growing up in church, I would see um, folks who would get up, my mom in particular, she had this dance where she would hop, hop on one foot in stilettos. <laughs> I actually used to love seeing her do that because I was like, man, she can go. <laughs> and um, it was vibrant. You know, I found it to be uplifting. There were moments though. There was a few moments where I found it a little uncomfortable, strange, mm -hmm. but um, for the most part, I enjoyed it because um, my people were dancing. They were dancing. You know, um, however, being taught Christianity as a slave and having those uh, ideas passed down, um, some of those ideas were actually damaging to our community. Um, some of those ideas were helpful. Uh, I always looked at the helpful side, especially when I was still practicing the Christian faith, but um, when I started learning a bit more and um, going through, you know, uh, examining my faith in a different way, and I suppose going through deconstructing, because at the time that I was doing this, they had no term for it. Mm. I've told people before that, you know, you're very lucky in this time, you can go to an Instagram page and find support. I didn't have that. I had to walk through the whole process literally alone. This episode is sponsored by Dr. Marie Tuin of Love Insight. Dr. Marie wants you to design the relationship life that you desire. As your mindful dating and relationship coach, Marie will guide you to align your thoughts and actions with your heart's unique truth. She'll invite you to cultivate intentionality and authentic self-expression around your values, your self-image and self-worth, your boundaries and desires, and the way that you communicate with others, both online and in real life. You'll leave no stone unturned and remove any blocks that stand in the way of feeling completely aligned with your love path. Marie believes in the beauty of diversity and love and works with people of all backgrounds, ages, sexual orientations, and relationship styles. Please reach out to Dr. Marie and schedule a free 30-minute exploratory session at www.loveinsight-dating.com. The link is also in the show notes. Love is always in sight with Love Insight. I 
I was living alone at the time that I started doing my research and um, it was difficult. It was jarring and my heart was broken because uh, the faith of the God that I thought that I was worshiping and following that whole time um, wasn't what I thought. And uh, I know that there are uh, Christians, they don't really approach me, not very much. There's one or two, maybe three, I, I could probably count on one hand how many have come into my DMs or come on my page with some craziness. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, I don't know, it must be my vibe or something, but they don't come for me like that. Hmm. Um, and if they do, they better be ready for something. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh yes, the, um, the changes that happen in the church, um, you know, throughout the years always reflected white supremacy in some way, mm. the ideals and the the the, um, uh, the perspective of the white being, you know, I can't really, yeah. you know, I'm I'm in such a different place now. I, I don't, <laughs> I see so many things differently. But um, knowing that um, the idea of you know feeding your children, <laughs> thinking of how they whipped us you know, and that idea of, you know, beating someone to get them to listen to you or do what you tell them, um, you know, the versions of trauma, brainwashing yeah. came into our community. And um, we went from, you know, operating as a village where everyone had a position in place, something that they did for the people they lived amongst. There was someone who would gather the food. There was someone who would clean and cook the food. There was someone who would make the clothing. There was someone who would gather the materials for the clothing. Everybody did a part and a portion to make everything in that community run smoothly. We went from that to being told what to do day in, day out. Mm -hmm. The only thing that they had left was their beliefs. Yeah. Those beliefs evolved into Christianity because of what was being taught and constantly being passed down. So church for the black community is very, is a very big deal. Um, it came and well, it came to um, a point where we were uh, unable to speak our own language, but our belief became a new language. Yeah, that's what happened our belief became a new language. 
it was a um, megaphone that we were able to use uh, at times. And I suppose that's why um, Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, being a preacher was more acceptable than someone like Malcolm X who practiced Islam. And uh, being that the foundations of manipulation uh, was established by the Christian church, it was. Yeah. Uh, when you have clergymen telling George Washington, just tell them you're a Christian so that we can have some kind of favorable siding. Wow. It was incredible to learn that he was not necessarily a, uh, a Christian and uh, that the church was trying to get him to uh, ascribe to it and proclaim it as his faith. So it's been from day one in America anyway that religion was used for political manipulation. And we see now how that's evolved. But for the Black church, it was also a means for political influence. Yeah. And um, so the church, you know, it, it was a lot of things for the Black community. It was a shelter, but it was also a ball and chain. Mm. And um, in some ways, the ball and chain uh, has created what we see in our communities now where um, there's some apathy, there's a little bit of apathy, a bit of hopelessness, because when you are saying, well, give it to God, give it to mm -hmm. God, give it to God, you're not responsible for any movement. Yeah. And uh, it does give you a subconscious um, reaction of not going and pursuing and feeling like you're making an impact or making a difference. That's, uh, I suppose that's why um, our community, some of them are still struggling. Um, a lot of people like to mention Chicago, but, you know, oh, look at them over there in Chicago shooting each other. <laughs> look at Compton, look at South Central, look at Atlanta, look at Detroit, look at, <laughs> look at Philadelphia, look, 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 okay, look, what's looking on there? Hmm. But, um, you know, the church was a, uh, an escape in those neighborhoods. It didn't yeah. matter if you, if you drank, smoked, went to the clubs, to the bars and stuff, you was in church Sunday morning if you was black. That's, that's mm -hmm. kind of how our community ran for quite a while is, um, well, you going to church. Now there was some of us that weren't having it. <laughs> All of us have that one uncle or that one aunt that would, you know, say whatever they want to say, however they want to say it. Yeah. Say, I ain't going over there with the people. 
<laughs> and just be like, mm -mm. but um, ultimately that was a, a, a way of escape. We would go in, preacher would preach, everybody would be feeling good. And it would kind of keep you going another week. Mm. But it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything externally. Um, it didn't make that kind of an impact to where the economies in these areas were better or the education system was better or crime rates went down. None of that happened because we were leaving it to God. <laughs> and um, that's why I'm in a space of we can talk about all these problems and everything that's going on, but what are we going to do about it? And it's up to us. Um, I'm just hoping that what I do with um, deconstructing colors um, can um, ignite something and you know get people on board with recognizing that um chicago is your neighborhood too if you are in america you got to remember that uh chicago is part of the usa so if there is a part of the usa that is sick that means your country is unwell it's still part of your country and this uh, separatist mindset is what some people outside of BIPOC communities um, have to still grasp of, uh, you know, that they have to let go of that and recognize that um, everybody's feet are on the ground. We're all under the law of gravity. And as long as that's the case, we're here together and that means that we're not separate. It means mm. that we are, we are all, we're all here. I should tell you something. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't gone anywhere. We keep being here together. So at some point you have to say, all right, you know what? <laughs> you, you ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. So what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? So I'm hoping that, you know, that, comes to light and, and sparks um, enough interest in others to uh, to take those actions. And some of those actions basically look like, oh, I don't know, Googling about uh, the town of Allensworth in California. That was another Black Wall Street that got destroyed, but it got destroyed in a subtle manner. Um, it didn't get bombed, but um, it did get swindled out of growing. Mm. And um, that's a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the Black community about the trust issue mm. with people outside of our community that we've opened the door and they said one thing, but mean a whole nother thing, whole other thing. Yeah. We end up losing land. There's many of us who had families where they did have some property 
but they were coaxed and convinced to sell it. They were, uh, you know, businessmen, businesswomen who yeah. were uh, coaxed into selling what they had mm. or um, backed into a corner to sell what they had or threatened. <laughs> um, and um, I'm hoping that um, everyone realizes that this connection we have with one another is the only way, the only way things are going to change. And it's there, the connection is there. We just have to be honest and accept it. But I'm hoping um, that, you know, it, it's, it's interesting how hate works. And um, I find that hate is usually a uh, fear that is um, coded with an excuse. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I don't. I don't think we should, you know, um, teach CRT in schools because mm. yeah. there's no education. There's no. Um, there's no seeking. There's no learning. So, for deconstructing colors, I'm hoping to uh, bring the education, bring the learning, so that everybody can get to know one another. I think um, sitting down and actually talking to people is essential. I noticed though that's not happening as often as it should. So I'm like, okay, well, if everybody's on social media. Maybe that's where <laughs> we can actually sit down and, and see each other. Yeah. Um, so over the next um, over the next year, um, that's what deconstructing colors is going to be about is um, you know getting that conversation going um, and uh, getting people to be introduced to each other. I recently interviewed a, uh, uh, a polygamous family, a black polygamous family. Mm -hmm. And um, for a while we've seen white polygamous families on television, they have TV shows for them, but nobody knows you know what it's like uh for someone who is um who's black and they have a wonderful family dynamic um it's beautiful how they work together and um i've been um uh paying attention to them for quite some time and <sighs> there's other parts of uh, different communities, the, those who are from India, those who are uh, from Japan, those who are from China, those who are from Korea, those who are from Russia. There's stereotypes and ideas that we all have about each other. And I'd like to create things that reveal exactly um, who we are. And uh, you know, allow that introduction to open up doors of, you know, togetherness, 
people actually coming together and realizing, yeah, we really are a lot alike. We really are one. We really are um, under this, you know, blue sky together. And uh, we actually can make it work. Now, it's the thing about the, you know, I guess shadow banning and uh, algorithms and things of that sort. I don't really concern myself with that too much because yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, but I have other ways, other things. Um, there'll be in person community events and things of that sort to um, actually, um, you know, do a bit more to get people. Um, you know, standing up and getting involved. And um, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a vision that I hope uh, will, um, will grow, you know, and uh, I, I, I don't limit it just to the US. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a world citizen. And I think it's important to um, allow people from everywhere, you know, to get to know one another. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I get motivated by the energy that I think will happen if that really happens. If, if yeah. that kind of compassion grows and actually, um, branches out and people feel it I want to see what that looks like a lot <laughs> yeah oh I love that thank you so much Karina you're doing such beautiful work and before we close this interview I would love to maybe have you summarize the work that you are doing and how people can get in touch with you too I know you have some big news I don't know if you want to say what it is or not if not I can cut yeah. this <laughs> Well, um, for my page, uh, Deconstructing Black on Instagram, um, I will be um, curating some uh, different, um, I don't know if I could call them challenges per se, but um, uh, there'll be some material that will help those who are deconstructing um, and uh, rebuilding their life path. Um, things like, you know, taking care of the body and the mind and, you know, making that connection. There'll be things um, like a uh, seven day, um, you know, mm -hmm. self-care, things of that sort. Um, so those are the, the kinds of things that we're going to get into on that page. And then for Deconstructing Colors, we are aiming to get our status as a um, nonprofit organization. Um, a way to donate for that cause is uh, listed in the bio of, of the Deconstructing Colors uh, page. Um, but for Deconstructing Colors, um, I want to promote um, cultural education um, and opportunities for uh, people to, uh, to get together. I want to do things like hold question discussions where a person um, asks one question, another person answers and everyone just listens. No one gives any further input or anything like that you just listen and you sit with it mm. and you ponder it and then you determine what you're going to do with it for yourself mm -hmm. and um, it's to promote active listening I see a lot of people who don't uh 
know how to um, uh, use active listening as a tool um, for connecting with people because um, that's the beginning of dialogue is actively listening to learn something and receive before giving. So um, I wanna cultivate those kinds of environments. Um, and also uh, it'll be an organization that supports um, the forwarding of um, you know anything uh, that's related to social justice and um, uh, community development uh, for communities that need uh, different resources to help with mental health, um, trauma survivors, um, and uh, yeah, an opportunity for uh, for children um, specifically because I'm hoping uh, to get to the next generation so that um, what we're trying to do continues, gets passed on, it becomes a legacy and, um, you know, can uh, grow even more, you know, from that. So, yeah, <laughs> just um, so that that's, um, that's going to be deconstructing colors and uh, looking forward to sharing all the uh, good new information I've been getting. Oh, and there is a book not my book. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing a book yet. I might, but, um, it's not going to be something that's like, uh, like about me. <laughs> it's more so going to be books about, um, uh, the, um, solutions and progress that we can, you know, create for certain things that, um, you know, we need healing from but um there's a book that i'm reading right now about um african religions before slavery a hundred african religions before slavery by akan takuri a-k-a-n-t-a-k-r-u-r-i um it's really insightful he goes into he starts with the maori and goes into um uh you know newer uh, the river goddess and uh tonga nubia there's so much in here and i got this because i was always wondering what happened you know before my ancestors were brought over to the u.s what were we doing I'm looking yeah. into that more and uh, I'm trying to stay away from the um, the odd mm. things that I hear about here and there um, that like the the Hebrew Israelites and the you know mm -hmm. there's there's certain groups that have their their view on what we were before uh, we came to America but mm. um, this is a very insightful it's an essay style book hmm. um and this man did extensive research and pulled together all of this beautiful information um hmm. and it's incredible um i i didn't know that the maori believed in one singular god and then there's a um a section about yoruba oh wow and um yeah it's it's beautiful it's there's so 
many um and it goes into the orishas and um about um uh, the luba tribe these are people i haven't even heard of yeah. <laughs> and i'm like wow you know it's incredible it'd be nice to um you know have this information uh, a bit more available so that's what i'm going to be doing with deconstructed colors if i'm done with this i'll be sharing what i've learned and um, that goes on for different um different things i'm going to be going into different lifestyles yeah. uh, you know educating about different ethnicities and cultures um, that are modern and that are ancient um, so that everyone knows a little bit more about each other and um, allowing opportunities for um, workshops and things of that sort where people can come together and learn um, and uh, I want to do it in a format of uh, the um, uh, the monasteries uh, established by uh, Tignan and he course recently passed um he was actually a big part of me starting deconstructing colors because um he was a big part of my deconstructing process and um, a lot of his philosophy on life about um, people gaining understanding of one another i want to carry that on and get people to have a space to understand one another because understanding changes your perspective. It take, takes your uh, unbalanced perspective and it gives you a balanced perspective. And mm -hmm. from there, you can start to feel compassion for the other person where you understand their suffering and you understand their joys and you both can you know, come together under that and grow together. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing, you know, all the information that I gather when I get to know people from different communities and allow them to tell their stories. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of, <laughs> a lot of good um, yeah. information and content. And um, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And thank you for sharing that book. Uh, the title will be in the show notes as well. So people don't have to hurry to write it down. <laughs> they can just yeah. look. You um, can get it off of Amazon. It's on Amazon. And uh, uh, it's uh, the wording is, is good large print. I like that. And uh, oh, yeah, good, good stuff. I like that too. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much, Karina, and I'll link everything you said in the show notes, and I'm really excited to see what's coming and also what's coming between now and the time this comes out. Maybe there will be even more exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me and my guest if you would rate and review this podcast. Um, you can do that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spotify actually just created a new option to rate your favorite podcasts. 
Um, so that would be a wonderful way to help the show grow and also just to show me some support and love. Or maybe you'd like to send this episode to someone you think would benefit from it. Um, if you'd like to tag me or my guests on social media or comment on this episode post, you can find me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality. And on that Instagram uh, account, I also share things related to holistic health, uh, menstrual cycle awareness, uh, movement, um, and all kinds of things. So I would love for you to give me a follow over there. And lastly, I am taking clients for one-on-one -on -one session work. I offer three and six months programs with the option to keep going. Um, in these one-on-one -on -one coaching containers, we really get to do a deep dive of spirituality, if that's something that interests you, or if not, we don't touch it. Um, movement, food, your menstrual cycle, if you have one. And we also really do a deep dive into our intuition uh, and our authenticity. And we also look at things like how much we're consuming alcohol and substances. And we use a really intuitive, flexible framework for approaching these things that we're really taught are strict uh, in our culture. So I'd love to see you over there. My website is empoweredspirituality.online and you can book a free consultation call. But until next time, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>